Alright, here we are. Beyonce is giving $5,000 grants to stop people from losing their homes. Really good news coming out of uh, the United States today. Beyonce is giving $5,000 grants in partnership with the NAACP to help people that are facing eviction and foreclosures amid, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic. There are applications that are going out starting Thursday, um, which Thursday was the 7th. And um, Beyonce has also reported, you know, mobile testing efforts backed by small black owned businesses during the pandemic. Um, you know, it's her charity, Bay Good, and it's supposed to help a hundred families or individuals with up to $5,000 each and closes on January 21st. The second round of applications will open in February. If you are someone in America dealing with a hard time because of the pandemic, I would love for you to not lose your home, and I would be excited if you were able to receive one of these grants from Beyonce and the NAACP. Um, you know, it's really interesting because when I look at some statements from, uh, the application page for the housing relief grants, the NAACP said the NAACP is committed to helping ensure African Americans maintain their wealth and financial security during this unprecedented time of COVID-19. We are honored to partner with Bay Good to produce, oh, or is it Be Good? It's probably Be Good. With Be Good, to provide financial support to families or individuals who are facing eviction and or foreclosure. The Be Good Impact Fund will provide 100 grants up to 5000 each to families who are delinquent in their home mortgage or rental payments. Behind on your mortgage or rent payments, uh, and then there's a link for the um, application. Uh, the link is, you know, naacpforms.formstack.com slash forms slash naacp underscore b-e-y good underscore housing underscore grant. I uh, really recommend you check that out so you do not lose your home at any point during this virus. Too many people already have. President Trump was slacking over and over again, and uh, Democrats and Republicans were having a hard time coming to an agreement. So it's really hurt a lot of people, you know, when it comes to paying for their homes with like loss of jobs and, you know, just several other reasons during the pandemic uh, uh you know out of work because you've been hospitalized or your loved one's been hospitalized that was the breadwinner um there there's a ton of reasons why you might qualify for this so if you're behind on your rent reach out to be good in the NAACP all right so next up I'd like to talk about families of police brutality 
and how they've been banding together to find justice for their loved ones. Now this is the family of George Floyd, Jacob Blake, and Eric Garner. Um, they were recently in a joint interview on NBC's Dateline, and the interview was conducted long before rioting occurred on the Capitol. So when this all happened this week, it shows a double standard that law enforcement interacts with people based on their race. Um, Jacob Blake's sister said, Poor judgment for a white kid in America gets you a slap on the wrist, while poor judgment for an Amer African-American kid can get them killed. And it's sad to say, but it's true. So secondly, you know, unity and community is how these families begin the healing. Um, you know, Eric Garner's mother ended up uh, calling Jacob Floyd's siblings and uh, apologizing for their loss. And they've always began to stay in contact for advice and things of that nature. Um, you know, they uh, have become somewhat uh, friends through their law, their their grief and their injustices. So, you know, um, when it comes to the Dateline episode, they have a civil rights attorney, Ben Crump who's representing the Floyd family and the Blake family, as well as Jim Palmer, executive director of the Wisconsin Professional Police Association. So, when he's representing all of them, he's really, you know, trying to bring together these groups so that justice can be served. But, um... The, the officer who was even killed by Jake Blake, or killed Jake Blake, Jacob Blake, uh, ended up, you know, being fired and charged with murder, but, um, you know, or, I mean, Floyd, Floyd, I'm sorry, Floyd was fired and charged with murder, but then Blake who was shot in the back several times and now is paralyzed from the waist down was not charged with murder or, or, or any crime for that matter. Um, Blake is still alive, but the officer was not charged recently. It, that decision was made and Eric Garner died in 2014. Um, but the officer was not charged, but was later fired. So as you can see, there's different types of justice that's being served. Some are being fired and some are not. And some are being charged and sentenced to time in prison and others are not. So it's really rough when these families are dealing with it on their own. So I think this is a genius idea to come together to help find justice for their loved ones. I pray that they will continue to be their uh, strength and compassion towards, you know, 
these officers because these officers do have an extremely tough job. Um, but we understand that losing a loved one is as tragic or, or having a loved one injured is tragic and either side uh, has, you know, reasons to be afraid. So we, we don't want people to live in fear. Um, we want people to live in harmony and unity with justice and peace. So with that being said, I'd like to talk about our peace topic, how the J-10 Chinese fighter has just come out and how it compares to the F-16 American fighter jet. Um, so basically they call the J-10 the biggest dragon and they have a large fleet of this single engine jet. Uh, 350 already in service. It's an agile tactical fighter, similar to the F-16 Fighting Falcon. However, the Vigorous Dragon was the first domestic Chinese design, um, and it's roughly on par with Western and Russian fourth-generation fighters. However, there's considerable evidence that the J-10's development was heavily informed by a jet fighter developed by Israel and U.S. engines in the 1980s. So much so that Israel manufactured its own jet um, back in 1969, the Mirage 5, and um, that allowed Israel's aerospace industries to produce two domestic clones, the Nesher and improved Kiffer. These both served with the IAF and were exported abroad. But between, you know, 69 and 79, the IAF received high-performance twin-engine F-4 Phantom Fighters and F-15 Eagles from the United States. So when it comes to a cheaper single-engine tactical fighter to replace increasingly vulnerable vehicles of uh, the past, why not build something, you know, in your own country to save you money instead of purchasing or, you know, designing off of their designs? And that's what they did. They did a little bit of both, building it domestically. Um, and, yeah, um, it's funny because... Israelis and U.S. critics of uh, Latvi pointed out Israel was investing $2 billion in developed development costs to reinvent an airplane it had already bought from the United States. This is something that uh, has become a norm. And the more ground-attack-oriented lobby did differ in a few respects, another plane of theirs. However, it had a lower maximum speed of Mach 1.6 to Mach 1.8, compared to the Falcon's Mach 2, but it had a 50% longer range. <clears throat> you know, all of this is just explaining the type of jets that are... Uh, being used by Israel and America. Well, from Israel to China, China ended up, you know, receiving some advanced weapons from Israel and, you know, heat-seeking missiles and, um, you know, other types of 
uh, locking on missiles, locked on like technology, and they got a Doppler radar, and they got a navigation system, and, and just a lot, a few others. So you know, some planes, and they used all this technology from all these countries that they've been collecting over the years to build the J-10. Um, the J-10 is, you know, began to be built in 1988, and it appears for the first time in 1992, and then next thing you know, we're seeing them building more and more of the J-10s, uh, along with Israel, uh, they've been like sending some to Israel and everything for sale, you know, and, you know, the J-10 is agile, versatile, inexpensive, multi-role fighter designed for, from the outset to incorporate high-tech avionic systems and guided weapons, you know, though it's not stealth, it still is a milestone for China's military modernization. You know, um, most likely with a little foreign assistance, they would have, without foreign assistance, they never would have been able to achieve such things, but they have. And uh, this article is written by Sebastian Robin, Roblin. Uh, he's an instructor for the Peace Corps in China. I, I think it's really interesting, and, and much more, he's much more as well, but... Uh, he's an instructor for the Peace Corps in China, and whereas China does have a Peace Corps as well as the rest of the world, it's important that we remind ourselves, we, just like in, you know, mixed martial arts, it's for defense, not offense, you know, we want to remind ourselves that we do not want war with one another, but instead we want peace. We do not want to use our military vehicles, but instead we want to have them ready in case of disputes with another nation. Um, it, it's simply sad that we have, you know, guided missiles and misguided men, as Martin Luther King used to say. But what that means is we have new technology that is going to continue to push us forward. New technology that is going to continue to make our operations better. Um, not just military, but space. And or, you know, it, it, it said even that some of the greatest technological advances aren't even related necessarily, aren't identical to the field that they end up improving. So when you in, are improving one aspect of a military operation or a space operation maybe, you know, because rockets are, are they build off of each other, you know, just like boosters and, um, you know, aeronautics, like, uh, and then there are so many other things that go into it as well, whether it be, you know, um, the uniforms and the helmets and how it's all able to protect and the, um, 
navigation systems. Like these can all be used in a variety of fields. And so I'm happy that everyone's continuing to build upon their technology. I hope it never comes to us needing to use it and ultimately, you know, use it against one another. And ultimately, I hope that we will be able to take the time to realize other ways that these technologies can be used outside of war. This is the Looking Looking Podcast. I want you to understand uh, the topics that I've chosen for today were important to my heart. And with, you know, rising tensions in the world due to the COVID-19 outbreak, you know, I just want everyone to, you know, continue to strive for peace, justice, and partnership. I'm Amir Huggins, signing out.